Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Smith. Today on the MMA on Sirius XM podcast on Unlocking the Cage, I examine why some people take more heat than others for popping positive for PEDs and whether TJ Dillashaw can shake the cheater tag that has followed him with the win at UFC 280. Plus, I answer your questions submitted to the UTC Midweek Mailbag. The thing about TJ Dillashaw getting caught doping against Henry Cejudo in his 125-pound debut it was a loss. He got knocked out in 32 seconds, for people that don't remember. The problem with that is Cody Garbrandt, as you heard, was very, very vocal about TJ Dillashaw being on everything. Being on everything. You heard it. Oh, these guy's on everything. He showed us how to dope at, at Alpha Male, which raised some embarrassing questions about Cody Garbrandt. It raised some embarrassing questions about Team Alpha Male. Uh, and we are going to continue a discussion. We started um, a little while ago here on the show about you didn't kick him off the team, did you? You allowed him to be champion. You allowed him to carry your flag as champion, apparently knowing he's doping. Didn't see you doing anything. Obviously, you know, as KOB said, you know, like, you didn't drop dime on the guy. Dropping dime on somebody is a a, a, a moral line I wouldn't cross without a, a damn good reason, right? I, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't, like, rat on somebody. I would say to their face, get that shit out of my gym. You can't do that and fight for us. I'm not going to call you SADA. I'm not going to call the cops. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to say, get out of our gym. Especially... If, according to Cody Garbrandt, the way Cody Garbrandt was saying it, you're in the locker room openly telling people what you're on and showing them how to use it, and you are propagating this. You are a champion. I'm assuming this was during his title run. You are a champion. You are a veteran. People look up to you. And you're in our locker room showing people how to dope. That's going to have an influence, a negative influence, on our team. And that's not okay. I do get that. I do see that. They didn't kick him off the team. So to then turn around after he leaves and go, doper, 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 doper. Well, he was a doper, doper, doper for you, and I didn't hear anything. Didn't hear you outing him at press conferences when he was fighting for you. Okay. So there is kind of the hypocrisy all the way around, but that's the background. A great quote from uh, one of my favorite movies growing up. It's called Black Rain. It's about the Yakuza. And these two Yakuza bosses are talking. And obviously there's a translation. I don't speak Japanese. And the guy goes, look at him. His methods are disgraceful. And he says, you didn't mind my methods when they served you. That's a great quote. You didn't mind my methods when they served you. And so when you look at it that way, you didn't mind me doping when it was on your team and I was winning belts for you. So shut up now. And I, I, I do get that, but but it but it shows a general and I'm not blaming anybody for you know if Cody Garbrandt believes it and he was sitting there when he was doping, I, I get the accusation, but it does point out a general hypocrisy, a general double standard when it comes to doping in our sport to shed that label of doper or cheater. It's not easy. But for some reason, 
for some reason, the label sticks to certain people more than others. It, it It's one of those things where certain fighters carry that around their entire career and doper, 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 doper. That's all you hear. Others, we just really don't care. We don't. We don't care. They're caught, whatever, and we just don't care about it. Right? We just don't. So this is the deal. All of these fighters, I'm going to list them off here, have been accused, have, have been caught doping. They've been caught using performance enhancing drugs. Alistair Overham, Anderson Silva, Brock Lesnar, Chris Cyborg, Dan Henderson, Frank Mir, Gilbert Melendez, John Jones. And we and that's not even, you know, Bobby Green just got popped. Sean Sherrick, former champion. I mean, I could go on and on and on forever, okay? People who got caught and said, Yoel Romero, tainted supplements, whatever, okay? But as a fan, KOB, when I say Alistair Overham, Anderson Silva, Brock Lesnar, Chris Cyborg, Dan Henderson, Frank Muir, Gilbert Melendez, John Jones, who is stuck with that, that doper tag of all these people? There are a couple of them. I feel yeah. like the only person who actually gets it tossed in their face a ton is Cyborg. That's it. Cyborg? Tossed on a lot. Brock. I think Brock just, you but, know, just because of the way. And now, he wasn't in the sport that long, so maybe that's why. But, you know, it, it, it stuck on Brock and a bit on Alistair with the whole horse meat. But it's almost like a joke, yeah, right? We almost like a exactly. horse meat guy. We don't go, you cheating, doping piece of shit, do well, we? Like I said, like, the, yeah. the, for some reason with heavyweights, I feel like they get away with it a ton. Almost like we expect it. Like, you're just so big that maybe, like, you're doing something. Well, it, it just. And Alistair, when you looked at him, like, that, I. You can't always go by the eye test, obviously, but he was just but so, his was he was just so out. yoked out and, and huge. I, I'm curious because your fandom doesn't go back to pride. Mine does. Did you see Alistair at 205? Yeah. Different guy. Like, you wouldn't know it's ballgame. the same dude. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, and the, but even the funny thing with Cyborg, though, is I feel like it only gets thrown at her from other fighters. I don't feel like fans care. Like It's almost like, whatever, Cyborg was dominant, we don't care. Like, Ronda Rousey threw it at her constantly, and, you know, yep. we're seeing Kat Zagano do a little bit of the same thing. They're the only one, and GDR, who didn't want to fight her for that, for claiming that reason. Right. But it's like fighters throw it at her. The fans don't seem to care. Here's a, a side of it with TJ Dillashaw that I think will help us expand on it. Is it the just look at them, look how big they are? Cyborg, Alistair, Brock. They don't pass the eye test, okay? We look at them and go, yeah, it makes sense. TJ was in a lightweight class, 135, where you're supposed to be lean, you're supposed to be technical, all this stuff. Is the weight class part of it? We're just not forgiving of people in lighter weight classes. And also, there is a little bit of a high horse about, dude, you can get killed by someone on PEDs. Okay, all right, it's not gonna, it's not like having iron in your freaking gloves. Like, I... I I do think it's wrong. I think people shouldn't cheat, but I don't take it to the, you're a murderer. Like, okay. Rap, you know, loaded raps, Margarito, yes. Okay. Louis Resto, loaded raps, almost killed Irish Billy Collins, yes. He went to prison for it, right? Panama Lewis is a piece of shit, okay? But my point is, the idea that, oh, you're a murderer, I don't go that far. But getting an advantage lighter 
we almost see as worse. Like, you guys are supposed to be technical. Alistair, he's in there with these, these, these giants and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. But you're supposed to be a light technical guy. And so the weight class does affect you more. So um, someone I generally don't agree with on social media, Sean Strickland, um, tore into TJ Dillashaw on social media. This is on Twitter. This is what Sean Strickland had to say. TJ Dillashaw keeps popping in my feed. And man, TJ, you are the scum of the earth. The fact that you're even allowed to compete in MMA shocks me. And let me tell you why you're scum. Like when you go and you beat a guy, maybe you would have won, maybe you wouldn't have won, or wouldn't have won. But you go, you beat these guys. Half their check is gone. Their rankings gone. Like, like you do so much damage to somebody's life just because you're worried out. You are scum. You should never be allowed to compete in MMA again. All right, I, I I do get his point on that. You are taking food out of someone else's mouth. Right? You are beating someone. They only take home half the pay they could have. You are financially impacting someone by cheating. Every cheater does this. Meaning, yes, I guess it's more pronounced in fighting. Only so many fights in you. But there are bonuses for winning Super Bowls. There are bonuses. You know, if someone else, if you don't get on an NFL team and someone does because they're doping, what are they costing you? They're costing you a whole, a whole career, perhaps. Okay? Certainly possible. So I do certainly get his point. Um, I actually agree with Sean Strickland for the most part. But when it sticks and when it doesn't is one of those things where why isn't, you know who's not on that list I just read? Hoist Gracie is still considered like, uh, I don't know, some kind of MMA purist. He got caught doping for the Sakuraba rematch. And let me tell you, okay, that he doesn't carry around that label like everyone else did. He doesn't. Josh Barnett has been popped, what, three major, three times? First UFC uh, fighter to be stripped of his title for doping. Back when they didn't test anything, I can't believe he got caught. Um, was supposed to fight Fedor and Affliction. That fight never happened because he got popped. Right? And, and yet, certain people carry that around in a venomous way. In a, in, in a venomous way. Like, like the, you're the scum of the earth, you're this, you're that. Where other fighters who get popped don't carry that around. It does. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it. Also, another thing I want to throw out there, and once again, want your opinions, 877-FIGHT-93, 877-344-4893. Another thing I want to throw out there is when you look at what he accomplished and what it cost him and the run it stopped, is that part of it too? If... T.J. Dillashaw doesn't get popped for doping. Yeah, he just lost to Henry Cejudo. Incredibly disappointing. Whatever. Let's say he goes back to 35, and he's been defending his title the whole time. Right? He defeats, I don't know, Jose Aldo. He defeats Piotr Jan. He defeats Aljamain Sterling. Whatever. We might be talking about the GOAT. But part of the anger, and, and in psychological terms, what you hear all the time is anger is unexpressed hurt. When you're angry, that person hurt you or that thing hurt you. And the way you are expressing it is through anger. That's what a psychologist would tell you. Are we, as a fan base, disappointed 
in TJ Dillashaw, where part of the reason we're more mad at him than other fighters who got caught doping is, God, you could have been an all-time great. We, God, you, you really could have been something awesome. You still can be now, of course, but now it's all tainted, and now it's all taken away. That potential, that lost potential, you lost so much potential with this doping. Is that a source of some of the anger, KOB? I think it's definitely part of it. I've, yeah. I, I've always thought that it's, it's that combined with McGregor putting Dillashaw down and the whole alpha male rift. It's like a whole weird thing that I thought every last thing played into each other. But it was the fact that he reached the top. He looked like he might be an all-time great. And then you find out, like, you know, he was It was all a lie. And again... Like, I was at to point out, too, like, despite what Alpha Male and all of them are saying, TJ never popped before that fight. One fight is the yep. only time he did, and he's stringently tested now. So, jumped right back into the deep end again, didn't take any type of warm-up fight when he got off suspension, went right into the Corey Sanhagen fight, which is almost crazy to me. Looked good. Looked good. I know some there's some controversy there, but whatever, close fight. I, I, okay, we, uh, I remember yes, us going over yes. this too and being like, okay, you asking me like if he loses or, or along those lines, it doesn't make it seem like, oh, you couldn't get there out of the doping. And, I was, and me saying that would be an unfair standard to, to put on the guy who's coming off a three-year layoff. Corey Sanhagen, yeah, Sanhagen. two years off, yeah. yeah. I'm like, if, if it's even competitive, I think it shows. It just shows the opposite. He gets through that fight. If he wins that title back, I, I start. I kind of feel like there might be some turnover again. I don't know how much just yet. It'll be how impressively he wins. But yeah, dude, it's like the you know, even, even I'm kind of laughing, Jimmy, because even, the people right. that we've mentioned all reach the heights too. There, there are several guys who are beloved in MMA. Anderson Silva, I think we, we all, love him to death. I think yeah. we, I think you know what it is with Silva do. I think we all let it go because we're like, whatever. He's coming off a leg break. He probably just used something to heal. Like, and we all it just was went, after his prime, right? If he had after, popped in his prime, I think we see it very differently. Yes. But yeah. like after his prime, and I think everyone looked at that leg injury and was so just disgusted. And you're like, yeah, dude, I'd probably do take something too to try to heal up, to try to heal my leg. Like, and I wish that would have been the excuse that he used, but it wasn't. He said dick pills. Yeah, Ugh, and we let man. that go. I, I almost think because that was an embarrassing thing to have to say, we let that one go somehow. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it sticks to TJ. So much more than everybody else. I, I think it was because the allegations were out there. Um, I think that was it. Um, also, like like Dan Henderson is is often he, he's Dan Henderson isn't lumped in with TRT tour, and yet yeah, the same thing. He had a testosterone and injections, and was getting him at the time, and all this stuff, and yet he's not lumped. Chael Sonnen, who said shit, that was what I got caught for. I'm more juice than a Tropicana, and we all laugh about it rather than, dude, he cheated his way through his career. We don't lump him in in the same category. When he says, oh, man, yeah, pff, that's what I got caught doing. He just leaned into the point where I almost forgot about it. You're like, how fair is that? How fair is that? It's not. It's not. We don't. You know, ah, oh, Chael, you know, Uncle Chael and blah, 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 and Chael P. Son, and oh, I love the gangster. And, you know, Chael's a friend of mine, you know? It's just one of those things where you, you can't look at one and not the other. They're all equally wrong, or they're all equally innocent. But it does stick to T.J. Dillashaw in a way that it doesn't stick to other fighters who have been popped more times, who have been popped with, you know, various things. I don't know if it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, what the... Um, what the um, substance is that bothers people. EPO 
is injectable, and it gives you a definite advantage. One thing I want to talk about, there's a great documentary for anyone interested in this subject called The Armstrong Lie. It's about Lance Armstrong. It's an Alex Gibney film. It's a documentary. And it's the idea that it's the idea that Lance Armstrong said I was the fastest one-day rider in the world. Um, I was doing great in the United States. And we were going over to Tour de France, and we were getting killed. We were getting – I was doing it clean, and I was getting murdered. He says that in the documentary. It's very interesting. He says, look, dude, I was going over there clean, and we were getting blown off the freaking road. And one of his teammates um, – wasn't Frank Andrea, somebody else said, you know, we all know like this one guy, a climber, meaning, you know, you, when you're going up hills, he goes, I saw people going like, dude, that guy wasn't a climber last year. Now he's like going up the mountain super fast. And like, ah. There's a point, and I'm not forgiving it. I'm just saying there comes a point where a lot of athletes who have doped realize the joke is on them. I tried it clean and it didn't work. No, you know, some I'm sure start out doping and been doping their whole career. But if 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 Lance Armstrong is to believe to be believed, he was a representative of a dirty sport. He didn't do anything and everybody else wasn't doing. He had to do what he did. To as Frankie Andreu said, he goes, We didn't want to beat the system. We wanted to be in the system. We just wanted to, you know, be as good as everybody else, and you couldn't do that without doping. When they stripped Lance Armstrong of his Tour de France medals, they couldn't find anyone to give them to. Everyone on the podium with him had been caught doping. Everyone. One. Some guy who took bronze some year. I forget who it was. All the years he won, everybody else on the podium got popped too. So is it Lance or is it just a dirty sport and I had to do it to keep up? The problem with steroids is... It, you're not introduced to it in high school. People are passing around the EPO at a party. It doesn't work that way. You are deep in the weeds before steroids become an issue. KOB, the people you knew were doping. It's late high school, early college. That's generally when football players and athletes start doping. And if you read it, it's because, number one, you're starting to get some attention. Number two, you're playing with some big boys, and you want a D1 scholarship, and this one's going to take to get it. When you go to Ohio State and you're going through two or three a days leading up to, to season and your body won't do it and everybody's looking at you like, oh, you don't know, kid? That's when you break. When it's like, oh, what, you don't know? Come here. KOB, am I wrong? No, not at all. Yeah. Like I said. They don't start at 12. When you look at it. Like, they start late high school, early college. Yeah. yeah, it's football, it's baseball. It's always different things. Like, and, and they usually start that late, and that's how you get your extra jump on everything and how you get a little bit bigger than everybody else and how you start getting noticed. And for me, I, I remember, I think we, we talked about this a little bit on a past show call. I look at the whole thing, and maybe this is from years of being with Luke Thomas that it doesn't bother me as much, but I look at the whole point of the sport is every single one of these guys tries to get an edge. Sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a training regimen, or it's the best nutritionist, or the best strength and conditioning guy. And if you have the money to do that and your opponent doesn't, aren't you gaining an unfair advantage for, for some reason? Like, for me, I'm with you in the whole, like, I'm tired of hearing this whole, like, oh, you could kill someone out there if you're on PEDs. You could kill someone out there with, with not on PEDs. I'm tired of hearing 
that lame excuse talk. That's just a little further than I'm it's, willing it, to go. It's yeah. craziness to me. Like, yeah, it's like you could kill someone not on PED, so let's not. It doesn't make you like you know you don't turn into Hulk. <laughs> Once again, there. loaded raps are one thing. That is different. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you. Margarito, the fact that he got licensed again after that, that blew me away. Sickening. Yeah. Sickening. Yeah. It's it, that type of stuff. Like, you could kill someone with that. That I wholeheartedly agree. And do you remember Margarito clean? Yeah. Without, he got his ass, Sugar Shane wiped the floor with him. And so did Cotto in the rematch. But, yeah. when, but, but even when you look at the grand landscape of things, it's like, okay, if PDs are such a, such a massive booster, like, why don't they win at all times? Why, why are you so superhuman that you never lose? Like, we see people lose on that. During the TRT days, we saw mixed results. Some people did better than others when we knew people were on TRT. I just see this as, like, uh, it's the one thing that we know might help you out in training. That's the only thing for me. Like, it, Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, these, guys br- sure. these guys and women break their bodies training for these fights. There's something that actually, that we know, would provenly help them throughout the training. I don't see it as this crazy thing. I see it as another, just another way to help heal. Maybe some people want to do it with food. Some people want to do it with supplements, whatever it might be. But, like, there's one thing we know works, and it's just – it's frowned upon for some reason. I get it. It's in the contract. You're agreeing that you're not doing it. But yeah, I, and, I think, and, I think and, everyone overblows it more than it really should be. It's against the rules, and you shouldn't do it. And I, I am for a clean sport. I really am. One of the differences is in cycling, having 10% more juice, you're going to win. There are, just aren't many variables, right? If my lungs are better than yours – and I'm able to train longer, there aren't the number of variables in MMA where you can be stronger, faster, recover better, or whatever, but you know, it doesn't give you a better jab. <laughs> it doesn't make your ground game better. There are a lot more variables. But I do believe it's cheating, and I do believe it's wrong. But the issue to me is it sticks to certain fighters and their legacies when it doesn't stick to everyone. And that isn't fair. Clint, in San Antonio, welcome to Unlocking the Cage, my man. What are your thoughts? Hey, Jimmy, I'm hung up. My problem with Dillashaw is the EPO. I think it's a different advantage than a normal steroid because, uh, you know, if me and you are wrestling around, one of us is going to get tired and one of us is going to make a mistake. If you're not going to get tired, that is a serious advantage to me, more so than being able to recover faster from taking steroids. That's my point. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely believe, I definitely believe EPO gave him an advantage. It does produce more red blood cells. Win's going to be better. It does give you an advantage, for sure. He did lose because there are more variables than now. It does help if if I go into a fight and I have better gas because of EPO and I'm stronger because of steroids and I'm this and I'm that. Or I have testosterone. You still lose. It is possible to lose on all this stuff, but it's still an unfair advantage. It is. Is it the kind of advantage we see in distance sports where there aren't many variables other than your, you know, ability to keep going? No. There are too many variables in combat sports. But it's illegal for a reason. It is against the rules for a reason. But once again, why certain fighters are stuck with the label of doper forever and others aren't the only analogy i can explain to people who aren't in the sport if you listen to my voice you're a big mma fan and, and i'm talking to the i'm preaching to the choir here but if you've ever been cheated on or have ever been caught cheating on someone the idea that you weren't cheating on them before that or i was just hanging out with a friend and i really wasn't you know banging somebody else you're, they're never going to believe you 
Once you're caught doing that, you are a cheater and that's it. You will never get that leash back. You will never get that trust back. Ever. Okay? Even if you did it one time or whatever. It's just one of those labels that you get stuck with. And that's it. And you, I've never had a fan be able to tell me specifically why certain fighters are stuck with it and others aren't. When Hoist Gracie fought Ken Shamrock in Bellator with the, the, the third fight, whatever, okay, they had this whole I am Hoist Gracie intro with all these people in martial arts saying, I am Hoist Gracie, I am Hoist Gracie. He has this, I don't know, this, this cachet, right? He has this reputation. He has this, this, this aura that other fighters who doped don't have. They don't get that. Yes, it was an event called K1. It was in L.A. It wasn't the biggest event in the world. Maybe it was under a lot of people's radar. I don't really know. But that cheater doper label did not stick at all to Hoist Gracie. Everyone in Pride doped. But everyone in Pride was allowed to dope. They didn't test. They told you, do whatever you want. We don't really care. So pride, by the way, if you ever wonder like how a steroid league would work, like, oh, what if they just allow people to watch pride? KOB, am I wrong? No. And that's the funny thing. <laughs> no one holds that against any of the pride fighters. None. Well, they weren't cheating. If it's the still, rules say do it, okay, uh, fine. No, but I'm, I'm saying, doping, like, you're doping. Yeah. The, the, the fans, you could, you could assume it just by looking at some of these guys, how... how oh, Jesus. How and ju- how they looked coming into yeah, the UFC. How and they were totally they got, yeah, yeah, and how, yeah. how small they got when they got to the UFC. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, no one gets pissed about that. No one seems to get made at that. That's why I don't understand sometimes the doping thing, like, like what we were talking about before. Everyone gets mad at TJ for, you know, but no one gets mad at Alpha Male for not, for A, keeping him on the team, B, yep. never saying a word. C, deciding. Profiting from it. Yeah. Profiting from it. And then deciding to out, like, call him, you know, he's a dirtbag cheater. Once he left the team, they did nothing to do it. But you want a clean sport, and you don't like dopers. However, when they were on your team, no one cared. No one said a word. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not about to drop and dime and, 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 and ride it on something, but I kick him off the team. But to yeah, me, if you're in the I bathroom feel, showing people how to dope, yeah. But here's the deal, Jimmy. Like, if you keep them on the team and you don't rap, like, you're saying, like, I, I, I get it. I'm kind of with you on that. I don't want to rap people out either. Like, that's I'd like, kick him off the team. It's not I would. fun. I would but I'm saying when you do them. none of those things, like. Yeah, when you do none, yeah. None. Like, aren't you a part of the problem? You want to clean yeah, sport, Yeah, or right? shut up. Yeah. Shut up. You can't turn around and, and, and you know, criticize the guy, you know. And, and if you watch the Armstrong line, you know, one of the, uh, I forgot, I can't remember his name. One of the cyclists, uh, you know, who was on, you know, the, the, the postal team with, with um, Lance Armstrong, once he quit, started talking about how everybody was doping. And the other cyclists went, hey, dude, you were doing it right there with us when you were on the team. Now you're out and you're out to out everybody. Fuck you. Don't get on a high horse now that you're retired and you're not in this anymore. Take your money and run. Because you didn't have any problem with it while you were on the team. And that's what dogs a lot of dopers. And that's what dogs, you know, in the UFC with the lawsuit or, you know, and all this stuff about fighter pay. It's like, I don't remember any of you risking it when you were on top and you were champion. I don't remember any of you when you were standing there with the UFC belt, using that platform the way France Ngannou is to try to advance fighter pay. You all, you, you took your money and you ran. 
And so that kind of hypocrisy gets to me. It does. It gets to me 100%. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. What's up, folks? UTC Mailbag at gmail.com is where you send it. KOB has been sifting through all of them to find the gems for this week. KOB, you start whenever you're ready. <clears throat> Moving on. Whenever, whenever you feel like when, it. Whenever I'm ready. Whenever, whenever you're ready, ready, go ahead. Right, okay. Whenever you're ready, go ahead. You've got mail. All right. <clears throat> this first one comes from Kirk from North Carolina who says, uh, hello all, hope you are all doing great. Jimmy, if you could take one fighter that you would never have to talk about again, who would it be? Not erasing their history, but someone you were absolutely tired of talking about. Wow. Conor McGregor. I knew you were going to say just, that. We just got, and it's not a knock on Conor. He did great things at one point. It's just like, I got to talk about when he tweets. I got to talk about when he farts. I got to talk about when he does something stupid in a bar, when he does something dumb. And, and, and so often, what I'm talking about is not a fight. So... But, <clears throat> KOB, who drives calls? Oh, one, the notorious one. The notorious, it's like, it just, it people care. When, you know, he tweets, like, I beat so-and-so. And I know he's not going to fight so-and-so. I know that. I, I do this. I, I know you're not going to fight that guy. But I got to treat it like real news. And I have to deal with it like it's real news. Because fans think it's real news. And the, the fan perception is everything. <clears throat> so it isn't that I disrespect what he did and what he accomplished. And he has a really entertaining style. But the number of times I had to bring up Conor McGregor when there was no fight on the horizon, he had nothing going on, and there was no real news behind it. And yet, you know, hey, give me a call. Let me show you. I think we got a full bank of calls. Ten people want to talk about him. And it, it just does. I can't avoid it. And I wish I could. As an MMA purist, I'd rather f talk about other fighters that are actually beating ranked guys at the moment. But Connor, you know, <clears throat> does something dumb or does something, period, has some tweet, and we have to talk about it. I would love to never, ever, ever talk about Connor McGregor again, and I don't think I'm alone in that one. Is there even a close second? I knew that was John jo John Jones. Okay, because if the news is always he did something stupid and you know beat up his fiance and drunk driving and fired a gun, it's never like John Jones fighting so and so on this date. Boom! When is it he could come back to heavyweight? I haven't seen the guy in what two years? Rem Jesus Christ! Like you know, remember when he was the original Kevin Holland who like stopped a robbery the day before he the day he won the belt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was old Boy, that joke. one lasted about 10 <laughs> seconds. It was like forever Jesus. ago. Jesus. Forever ago in terms of his marketability and reputation. Yeah. So John Jones is another one that he'd be my second place of like, not that once again, that I, did, I think John Jones is the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. But the, the, the reason I'm talking about him all the time is because he's doing something dumb, not because he's out there winning fights. Next. Mail, motherfucker. 
All right, this one comes from John. Interesting variable on this Aljo-TJ fight that I don't think has really ever occurred to us. So uh, he says, hey all, Jimmy, when me and Kelly Kell's boy reclaims the title from the funk, does Aljo get a rematch? It depends entirely on the fight. Entirely. If the fight is just... You know, razor close, and man, it's 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 a controversial decision, or referee steps in and stops something a little too early. We're definitely going to rematch. I don't think we do under normal circumstances. I mean, if if TJ Dillashaw just wins, just you know, outright beats him, either knocks him out or or you know, wins a a, a solid decision. Rematches often require, especially immediate ones, require fan interest. A, a, a fighter losing the title only gets a rematch if fans love that fighter, they hate the decision, something like that, right? It takes some extraordinary circumstance like that to make it happen. All Jermaine Sterling does not generate those warm fuzzies among fight fans. Just doesn't. It just doesn't, you know, fight fans don't feel like, man, I really will hope All Aljo gets his due and get. No, it's just, you know. The problem is the popularity of Aljo isn't there. So under normal circumstances, I don't believe he gets a rematch unless, once again, this is just the greatest robbery of our century. KOB, what do you, th- what do you think about that? He just doesn't generate those kind of fan feelings. Yeah, I think if it goes to like a close decision, maybe. Maybe yeah, while maybe. they, maybe maybe. While, while they sort out the rest of 35, it's possible they'll want to push whoever, especially if O'Malley wins, it's possible they might want to push him right to the belt. Um but yeah, I'm kind of with you. Unless it's some kind of like split decision that people are pissed about, I don't think he gets a rematch at all. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, Aljo because of you know what we talked about on the show, uh, his popularity just isn't there. Fans love to hate him, and as a result, he's not going to get a rematch anytime soon. Next message. All right, here's another fun one. I'm curious to see if you if your opinion will be the same as mine on this. Uh, this comes from Matt from Long Island, who says, "Hey, Jimmy." Lately, we've seen a lot of videos of people attempting to show their own self-defense style, uh, which is usually terrible-looking and labeled as bullshito on uh, social media. In your opinion, dojo, yeah. In your opinion, do self-defense martial arts work at defending yourself on the street, not for a combat sport? And which styles do you think work best for self-defense? Here's the problem: the more brutal something is. And usually when people talk about street self-defense, they talk about, I'll tear out somebody's eye, I'll do this, I'll do that. The more brutal something is, the less you've done it in real life. Ask, usually Krav Maga, oh, we tear out somebody's eyes. Have you ever torn out someone's eye? Well, no. Well, then, I've actually broken someone's arm. I have actually choked someone unconscious. Routinely, it's not even weird for me to do those things. So the more brutal a style is, and that's usually what people mean by street self-defense, the less you've actually done it in real life, the more you're guessing what you're doing actually works. You don't know because you haven't done it. Um, I told this story about, I don't know if I ever told this on air, but it's a great story a guy told me about, he was, I believe, taking Krav Maga, and they would do these, they would, to practice their eye pokes, they would poke their opponent between the eyes. So they would do these drills where they would poke their opponent between the eyes to simulate poking somebody in the eye, right? So imagine doing this drill where you're, bam, you're poking somebody between the eyes. Bam, you're poking somebody between the eyes. Bam, over and over and over, right? And this guy would do this drill. Well, somebody mugged him. 
while he's at an ATM. Guess what he did, KOB? What do you do, Jimmy? He poked the guy right between the eyes. <laughs> Didn't poke him in the eye. Why? He wasn't used to doing that. And he went, boom, just like I was trained. And it poked the guy right between the eyes, and the guy ran off. The guy was, like, like freaked out and ran off. So it worked, I guess. But this eye-gouging drill that he'd been doing for, like, I don't know how many years was useless because he didn't actually gouge someone in the eye. Well, guess what? You can't gouge your training partners in the eye. Or you won't have any training partners. You can't really. We simulate groin strikes. Have you ever really done it? No. Well, then you don't know what the fuck you're doing. That's the thing. Like, so, so when people, you know, what street self-defense works. Let me explain something to you. Whenever people ask me about the street. Most people on the street can't fight. They've never done it before. They have no effing idea what they are doing. When I was doing um, Kung Fu in Hong Kong for Fight Quest, their stuff was pretty ridiculous, to be honest with you. Like, rudimentary boxing just kicked their ass. And anyway, one of the guys there, they do this thing, stupid thing called the chain punch, right? Blah, 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 like, it's like Bruce Lee chain punch. And the guy goes, he was, once again, mugged, and I think it was at an ATM again. And he goes, he just chain punched the guy right into the ground. Just the guy had never seen a chain punch before. And he just drilled him, boom, right into the ground. He goes, dude, it worked. I just ch- ch- chain punched the guy right into the ground. If that guy had been a decent boxer, this would have been no problem. But the guy wasn't. He was some guy on the street trying to mug you who doesn't know how to defend anything. So people go, what works on the street? I'm telling you. A decent boxer will kick your ass on the street. Oh, but would it work on the street? Yes, because most people have no idea how to defend a punch. They have no clue. They can't defend a, 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 a rudimentary takedown. They have no idea. So if you throw a Hapkido kick, now Hapkido isn't the most practical mixed, you know, martial art in the world. Dude, the guy on the street doesn't know what a Hapkido kick looks like. He has no idea. Boom, you're going to knock him right out. So Jesus, take one style and stick to it and learn it. And you will beat 99% of people. The idea that you're going to get mugged by somebody who has decent hands is pretty absurd. If you take boxing for six months, you're going to blast 99% of people. A jiu-jitsu blue belt crushes 99% of the population. You're not going to get mugged by me, who knows how to stop a takedown. I'm going to choke you out. I'm not going to mug anybody. My black belt doesn't mean I'm going to mug you at an ATM. So just... Jesus Christ, just stick with a martial art. Martial arts, quote-unquote, for the street are usually bullshit because most people on the street don't know anything. There. Rant over. Next. Answer my question! Well put, Jimmy. Well put. Thank you. Uh, Welcome. This last one here comes from Dion. We don't have a lot of time, so I have to answer this one quickly. Uh, This comes from Dion in Indiana who says, Hey, Jimmy, my nephew is big into basketball, so I'm thinking about doing a trip to the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, how far away are we from having a brick-and-mortar MMA Hall of Fame that fans could go to? Uh, infinity. I don't think there will ever be one because the UFC's you know, Hall of Fame is, is all people really know and care about. We're never going to see one that's actual martial arts, mixed martial arts, meaning you know, promotions outside the UFC. We're never going to see it. There will, I, I don't think there will ever be one in my lifetime. There'll be a UFC Hall of Fame. 
you know, it might be at the PI or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know actually where it is. But my point is, the UFC Hall of Fame, that will exist. A mixed martial arts Hall of Fame will never, ever exist. Sorry, but enjoy the Basketball Hall of Fame. Have fun with that. Uh, thanks for all the questions. And remember, if you want to have your questions answered, email your question to utcmailbag at gmail.com. MMA on SiriusXM is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern and MMA Today Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. Serious XM Podcasts.